on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. I have two Christian friends who are currently dating women they met online. Now, these friends are solid, mature believers in Jesus Christ. I want to share some things I've learned from them and from other people along the way. Now, I'll admit, most of my thoughts on this topic come from a man's point of view. But maybe Christian women will also find some of these thoughts helpful. Let me say right at the start, I really don't think meeting someone online is for younger people. Surely not for teenagers, probably not even for university-age young adults. You see, those are the years for learning about friendships and also learning especially about yourself, coming to some conclusions about what you want in life and how God might be leading you forward. Online introductions, I think, are for adults, for adults who figured most of this out already for themselves. I would say then that online dating is really for those in their mid-twenties or older. So let's start with the phrase itself, online dating. It's really not an accurate phrase. I just don't think it's possible to actually date someone online. Oh, maybe if a couple has been dating in person for a while, one of them has to be away for a while, yes, they can continue dating to some extent online. But to start dating? To begin a dating relationship? No, it's not possible to do it online. I think it's better to simply refer to it as getting introduced online. That online dating platforms only introduce someone to you. View it as that, introducing you to someone with whom you might start dating. You know, I think it was much easier in past generations to get introduced to someone you might date. In past generations, most people were born and raised in the same area, and they remained in that area for many years. My own parents, for example, live only two miles from where they were raised as children, and as a result, they have many of the same friends now in their 80s than they had when they were children. But today, especially in urban areas, most people come from different places, often from distant places. Their old connections through longtime relatives and friends have been lost. College or university brings them to a new city. Maybe a new career has brought them to a new state or province. In those circumstances especially, I think using an online meeting service will be very helpful. In urban areas, it's even more difficult for single young adults who are followers of Jesus. You see, that pool of potential people to date, especially for believers, can be very small. Very small in most larger cities. Oh, in the so-called Bible Belt states, maybe young adults will be 30% of that population. Maybe a maximum of 30%. But in major cities like Los Angeles or New York or Toronto, it's a much, much lower percentage. Maybe only 10% of the single adults will be believers. Therefore, in urban areas, it's often very, very difficult to find a fellow believer on your own, someone you might possibly start dating. Or this might happen. You as a single young adult find a new church in your new city, but not every church is very friendly. 
They're not very friendly or inviting to newcomers. Maybe you check out their young adults group or their single adults group. And it can seem sometimes like the members of those groups have known each other for a long time. And you as a newcomer find it difficult to fit in. Other singles groups in some churches have long established routines. I know one young woman who moved to a new area for attending university. She found a new church and she joined up for the young adults group. They went bowling every week on Friday nights. She really wasn't into that, but she thought, well, to make new friends, I have to sort of do what they do. But then she found that after bowling, most of them went to the local pub, and at that pub, many of them were drinking way too much. Over time, she just didn't feel comfortable in that group. So even in some church settings, single adults find it difficult to meet someone to date. So here's the biggest benefit of online introductions. Online services give you a large pool, a very large pool, of potential singles to meet. You're not limited to one church. You're not limited even to one city. Some online services allow you to set the distance parameters for meeting someone. Are you willing to drive 40 miles, uh, 60 kilometers? If so, the pool of potentials becomes that much larger. The second biggest benefit, in my view, is the convenience of it and the flexibility of it. Those in their mid-twenties or late-twenties often are at the beginning stage of their careers. And in those early years, it's common to be working 50 or more hours every week. Many young professionals want to prove themselves in their starting career, so they'll often work longer hours than those of their colleagues. And as a result, their free time is quite limited. Getting to know some new people through online services is actually quite easy. It doesn't take much time and it gives you a very large pool of people to someday meet. And you can do all of this according to your own schedule, at your own pace, according to your own energy level. If you're a nurse, for example, working evenings or overnights, you can get acquainted with other singles during the day. You can look at their profiles. You can set up times where you would chat with each other. In fact, some of the people you meet during the day might also be working evenings. How convenient that would be. Now let me stop for a moment. Let me remind you again that I'm speaking to believers and about believers, those who are following Jesus. The Bible talks a lot about marriage, but it says nothing really about dating. The destination is marriage, but the pathway to marriage? Well, you don't get much help from the Bible not about dating itself. Even where we read about single men meeting women, many details of those stories, for example, would apply only to the culture of that day. Let me give you an example. Maybe you remember the story. It's about that single young man named Isaac. He's in his late 20s or early 30s. He's the son of Abraham. How did Isaac meet his wife-to-be, Rebekah? Well, you can read the story in Genesis chapter 24. It's quite a long story. Let me summarize. Basically, Isaac's dad sent out one of his trusted servants to find a wife for his son. And that servant traveled to a distant land. And when he arrived, that servant prayed. He prayed this way, God, the first woman who offers to draw water from, for my camel, may she be the one. 
May she be the wife for Isaac. A few moments later, the woman Rebecca arrived at the well. And you guessed it. She offered to draw water for the servant's camel. She brought the servant then to, to meet her father, and the servant told her father the whole story. Within just a couple of days, the father sent his daughter back with a servant, traveling back to meet Isaac. And the day she arrived, she became Isaac's wife. Two virtual strangers. Neither had met the other before, and they were married in a day. I just wouldn't recommend that as a way to meet someone today or to marry someone just in a day. So there's no specific Bible verses about exactly how to date. But listen, almost all the Bible verses about Christian marriage can also be applied to Christian dating. For example, the verse about not being unequally yoked to an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Believers can only marry in the Lord. Both of them have to be believers in Jesus. So it should be in dating. Both of you must be believers, trusting in Jesus. Ephesians 5 tells us that Christian marriage is modeled on Christ's relationship to his church. So in dating, leading to marriage, both must follow that pattern, that example also. Additionally, God tells us in his word about guarding ourselves against sexual immorality, guarding ourselves from impure thoughts and desires. Now, of course, any of these biblical principles can be kept or can be violated when we're dating. No matter which way you meet someone, whether it's through an online service or whether it's meeting someone from church. Now, I think online introductions actually can give a better opportunity for people to discuss their faith with each other. Maybe even better opportunities than in traditional dating. My friends are chatting extensively with the women that they had met online. In the past, they chatted by email and by text, and they purposely asked each other about their faith in Jesus. They got very specific. They talked, even before they met, they talked about their churches. They talked about their daily devotional life. It really was beautiful. It, it was a real inspiration to me as an older married guy. To meet someone online, you can be very intentional, even before your first meeting in person. Compare that to some standard traditional dating as practiced by many unbelievers. What can happen? Well, the two of them go off to watch a movie together. Well, not exactly today. We're in the midst of coronavirus, but typically... Couples go off to the movie theater, and there they will sit side by side for two hours. Usually there's not much conversation between them. Or if there's a little conversation, it's mostly talking about the movie. On other early dates, they might go bicycling or rock climbing or go to an escape room, so popular nowadays. That dating couple can become so focused on activities that there's hardly any deep conversations, especially at the start. So if you're meeting someone online, let me encourage you to be very intentional. If you're using an online service to meet someone, work hard especially on your profile that you post on that service. Be thinking deeply about what to say about your faith. I wouldn't recommend quoting several Bible verses, but you could quote one of your favorite verses. Talk about what it means to you to be following Jesus. Be creative. Uh, write 
interesting things about living for Jesus day by day. One guy I know has extensive experience in marketing. He admits that he went into online meeting with a kind of marketing mindset. As he was writing his profile, he was clear that he was sort of promoting himself in a certain way. He highlighted his most interesting features and interests. He spent some time talking creatively about his relationship with Jesus. I think that kind of promotion is good. We should have confidence in Christ to talk about the best features of our personality. But please don't misrepresent yourself. Over the years, men and women have told me this. There's nothing worse than meeting someone in person who has misrepresented themselves online. Some will post pictures of themselves from eight years ago. Some will give false information about their age or about their height. Look, the idea is to actually someday meet in person. If there's dishonesty in your profile, then when you meet in person, your dishonesty will become very obvious. And from a Christian point of view, that's a very serious matter. If you belong to Jesus, who is the truth, then please be truthful as his follower. Now comes the most difficult part, I think. Once you sign up, once you've written your profile, it's posted on the site, and within a few days that site will suggest several people with whom you might be compatible, maybe even six or ten or twelve people. And that becomes quite flattering when you first see it. It's tempting to want to start chatting with everyone, but if you do that, after a while, I think you'll find yourself emotionally drained. You'll find yourself psychologically worn down. I mean, who can get to know something about five or, new, five or six new people all at one time? If you try that, you'll just end up confused. You'll become very, very exhausted. So my friends did something very wise as they went online they started to focus on just one or two women, engaging them in sort of get-acquainted conversations online. And after a couple of weeks, each of them focused on just one woman. I think that's very wise, and it's very important. This protects you from what one woman told me some years ago. She had signed up on one of these dating websites. She entered her profile. Immediately, she started chatting with several guys. And she even started meeting them for coffees. But after some months, she said it felt like she was shopping at a discount clothing store, like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls. These single men with their profiles seemed like shirts hanging on a long rack. And she was just flipping through their profiles online, flipping through them like she would shirts on a rack. She chatted with this one. She met that one. Several men, maybe a dozen men. After a while, it just started feeling wrong, and I think it was. So as soon as possible, arrange to meet with that one person who seems the most interesting to you. You've read their profile. You've reread their profile. You've chatted a bit online. Maybe you've texted for a while. You've learned something about their faith, their love for Jesus, their involvement at church. Now it's time to actually meet. Don't put that off. Meet sooner rather than later. Why sooner? Well, first of all, this reason. Many times when people email each other, they end up revealing too much. 
they reveal too many inner thoughts and feelings. And as a result, they start to feel very emotionally close to that person who is yet actually a stranger. You've never actually met them. And it's very easy then to build up unrealistic expectations about that person. Someone said to me once he felt very close to a young woman. They had been emailing and texting through an online service. They had been doing that for quite a while. But when they actually met in person, he realized that they really were so different. And it became so disappointing to him. You see, in his mind, he was building a certain picture. He was imagining a certain kind of woman. And the reality proved to be quite different. There's a second reason for meeting someone in person sooner rather than later. You see, real life is about being present with each other. You know, God didn't come to us on earth with a voice from heaven or by a text sent from a distance. He didn't even first come to us with a written Bible that just dropped down to earth. How did God make himself known? He sent Jesus in a body as a flesh and blood human, a man who lived among us and was like us in every way except for sin. Theologically, we call that the incarnation. So it is with one another. We're created by God to be incarnational with other people. Be incarnational with that person you're introduced to online. Do that as soon as possible. Start living and interacting in reality, not in some fantasy. Here's a final thought. After you meet each other in person one time, plan for a second time. Unless it's clearly obvious that there was absolutely no chemistry, okay, one time only. But if there is at least something interesting, if there was something intriguing about that person, I think there should be a second in-person meeting, a second time for a conversation. Why do I say that? Well, I've known many wives married to their husbands for 20, 30 years or more. And they will say this sometimes in a very joking way. You know, Randall, the very first time I met my husband-to-be when we were young, I really couldn't stand him, not in that first meeting. Why, I ask? Sometimes the person will then chime in. He'll admit that he was very insecure in those early years or that he was very, very nervous on that first date. Maybe he talked way too much. Look, we've all been in first-time meetings where the conversation became something quite awkward. So if possible, set up a second meeting, a second time to get to know each other better. In that connection, think about this, maybe especially for women. For many guys, women, you have to show some extra grace, some extra patience. The experts say that at the very same chronological age, most women are one or two years more mature than men. At the same chronological age, women are generally more mature than men. The maturing process takes longer generally for males than females. And most men, Christian men included, are still maturing at age 24 or 25 or 26. And many guys, good quality guys, find it hard to carry on a conversation, especially sitting across from each other at a coffee table. So women, give guys, guys who are following Jesus, an opportunity to get more comfortable with you. Show them some extra grace. Give them some extra patience. Most men will really appreciate that. And men, followers of Jesus, here's a final thought for you. Be willing to take some risks. 
If you sense God is calling you to find someone special, then find extra courage for that. In my experience, for many men, that's what's needed. A willingness to go out and take some risks and to find the courage to take those risks. Well, let me close with wise words from someone else about meeting someone online. These words are from John Piper, well-known and respected pastor and Bible teacher. He says this, and I quote, I'm fine with meeting someone online and learning as much as possible about them. I've recently met numerous couples who said they met online and they are happily married. But the big question is this, are you mature enough to discern a worthy spouse? Put your energies into becoming that kind of person. Single men, single women, if God is calling you to find someone, to meet someone, are you mature enough to discern who might be a worthy spouse, a Christian spouse? Put your energies into becoming that kind of discerning person. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down. (laughs) 